2: Prologue, how to rob a bank. Here's the thing about robbing a bank. As soon as you walk in the door, every single second counts. So you better have a plan. When Greece's top bank robber does a job, he and his crew have it down to a science.
1: The three of us enter the bank with our faces uncovered. (laughs) As the other two stepped in, I stood near the entrance. Let's get a
2: close-up on this guy. He's in his 30s, medium build, handsome with a square jaw. His name is Costas Samaras. The press calls him the artist because he designs these brazen yet perfectly crafted heists with every detail accounted for. The clock is ticking, but the artist is relaxed, focused. He hangs back by the door while his partners walk up to the teller and flash friendly smiles. They also wave the semi-automatics they're carrying. You know, to move things along a little bit.
1: Good morning. How are you doing? (laughs) We've come for a loan.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they're not here for a loan. They keep it light, but move fast. They know they have about four minutes before the cops show up. And here, in the small city of Kalambaka, Greece, there really isn't anywhere to
0: hide.
1: My two friends go to the central Casir in the back. His friends,
2: they're brothers. And they're kind of famous in these parts. Nikos is the older one. They call him the ghost. He's got a real talent for avoiding arrests. He can't be got. Then there's the kid brother, Vasilis. He's actually the reason I'm telling you this story in the first place. Vasilis doesn't look like much. Stocky, balding, a little unassuming. But they call him Robin Hood because he's the generous one. Whether he's a hero or a criminal, well, that depends on your perspective. But right now, he definitely looks more like a criminal. Robin Hood points his gun at the teller and notices the man is shaking. So he reassures him, gently.
3: Hey, we're
2: just here to take the bank's money, not your lives. Still, this is a robbery, and they've got three minutes left.
1: Open the safe. I don't have the key. Who has the key? The
2: manager. Robin Hood and the ghost walk over to the manager, who's frozen behind his
4: desk.
1: Open
2: the safe. Now they're down to two minutes. The artist has his gun tucked under his coat, and he's watching the front door.
0: At some
1: point, the lady of a certain age starts walking into the bank. Uh, I'm standing next to her and say, come on in, lady, come on in. But she notices the other two holding guns. She turns back. No, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, she says.
2: (laughs) What this lady doesn't know is that these guys live by a simple do-no-harm code. No drugs, definitely no killing. They just want the cash. They don't want to get caught up with blood on their hands.
1: I shout to the brothers, finish up.
2: The brothers fill up a few canvas bags with cash, and then time's up. They need to exit now.
1: We go outside, we get in the car, we start driving, and within a few meters, we hear shots. Someone is shooting at us. Instead of minding
2: her business, the lady went for help. And now, a cop has taken aim at their getaway car, like he's some kind of hero. But these guys are pros. They don't even bother returning fire. They just laugh and hit the gas, speeding toward one of the stolen cars they'd stashed around town.
0: We
1: took the road north, reached uh, where the other getaway car was, changed car, changed clothes.
2: And just like that, the three men disappear into the dark mountains that loom over Kalambaka. That was June 1992, and they've made off with a crazy amount of money. It's the equivalent of about 1.4 million U.S. dollars. In fact, it's the biggest bank robbery in Greek history. This wasn't their first bank job, and it wasn't their last either. To date, they've held up dozens of banks. They've evaded police with comical ease. And even when they did get caught, they broke out of prison. Not once, not twice, but 10 times. These days, The artist and the ghost, they're out of the game. But Vasilis Paliokostas, Robin Hood, he's still on the run. He's one of the most wanted men in the world, with a bounty of more than a million euros on his head. Despite the best efforts of the Greek police, various intelligence agencies, and even Interpol, it's been 14 years since anyone's caught a glimpse of him. And that's turned Vasilis into a bona fide folk hero, He's like a storybook character, with all these tales following him around, of being a criminal with a conscience, of sharing his loot with the poor mountain folk he grew up with. The thing is, this Robin Hood, he isn't a character someone invented. He's actually real. I'm Miles Gray. From Kaleidoscope and iHeart Podcasts, this is The Good Thief. Chapter One Cops and Robbers You know something, Robin, I was just wondering? Are we
1: good guys or bad guys? You know, I mean, uh, are robbing the rich to feed the poor? Rob? That's a naughty word. We never rob. We just... Sort of borrow a bit from those who can afford it.
2: When I was growing up, every kid I knew loved Robin Hood. And there was no shortage of versions. I mean, there was the 1991 movie, you know, shout out Morgan Freeman, The Painted Man. Uh, There was the other 1991 movie, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. And then there's that animated Fox. I mean, look, there's a lot to choose from. Obviously, the OG legend has been around a lot longer. For hundreds of years, people have composed ballads, poems, books, plays, and now a podcast about this idea of a lone swashbuckler who steals from the rich and gives to the poor. It's an idea that just doesn't get tired. And these days, we need it more than ever. You see it in the news all the time. Rich and powerful people padding their pockets at everyone else's expense. And if they break a few laws along the way, they don't care. For every evil billionaire that gets caught, there's a hundred more getting away with it. But Robin Hoods, they give us someone to root for and something to believe in. It's the idea that we can take back what's ours. That's what drew us to Vasilis Palaiokostas. He sounded like a crook with a conscience. A real-life Robin Hood who's out there right now. But... Vasilis Palaiokostas is a total mystery. Nobody knows where he is or who he really is, how he got this way. We don't even know if all the fantastic stories about his generosity are true or if people just want them to be true. So. Oh,
5: fuck me. Okay, that is, suck, is literally me. him. That is
2: we assembled a team in Athens and decided to find this Robin Hood ourselves.
5: It's like three people on their porch. That's a woman and what looks like his dad.
2: One of my partners in cracking this case is Daphne, our producer and lead reporter in Athens. Daphne, I'm guessing you'd heard of Vasilis before we reached out to you?
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody in in Greece really knows the name Paleokostas. When we were children, I remember hearing about them on TV, in the newspapers, you know, our parents mentioning their names.
2: So what did you know about them?
4: I mean, I'd heard that Vasilis specifically got started early in life, you know, in in this kind of line of work, partly because it runs in the family. Um, He's got a big brother, an older brother, Nikos, who he often partnered with, the one you called the ghost.
2: And as we discovered, these brothers had a pretty wild upbringing. Here's Christina, a reporter on Daphne's team.
3: Vasilis and Nikos grew up in a very poor farming family in the mountains of northern Greece. The brothers were very isolated until their teens, and eventually they moved near the city of Trikala, and when they finally got a taste of urban life, they, well, they took advantage of it. Uh, Even early on, the, the petty crimes they committed were pretty daring. There are so many stories about them, but I think that my favorite one from their early years was how, as Nikos was just starting in his life of crime, he robbed a jewelry store directly across the street from a police station. And what he did was that he padlocked the police station doors and then walked right across the street, smashed the window and took off with a bunch of jewels. And the cops couldn't do anything about it because, well, they were stuck inside.
2: I mean, to be clear, I don't condone stealing from small businesses, but that's just funny.
3: It's creative, which became the hallmark of the Palocostas brothers. They didn't just commit crimes. They did it with flair.
2: Of course, not everybody buys into the hype, including Vasilis Efimio, a cop who worked in the Trikala Police Department. He spent years trying to track the brothers down, and he knows better than anyone what they're capable of. So Daphne headed north to meet him.
4: I'm with my team and we're driving to Trikarla. And I should say, Trikarla is not the Greece you probably know from tourist brochures. It's not like columned ruins and, and sparkling beachside villas. It's a bit more provincial. There's rocky green peaks, cliff top monasteries, and these zigzagging dirt roads.
3: Isn't it lovely how the mountains from a distance always look blue?
4: It's a bit strange looking at those mountains
3: whilst working on this project. I I can't help but wonder if Vasilis is somewhere close. Rumors do suggest that he has secret hideouts all over, and there's others that say that a network of supporters is out there helping him stay hidden. The team was driving to Tricala to meet with the man who once led the effort to catch Palo Costas, a retired police officer named Vasilis Efthimiou. In 2003, he received a special assignment to scour those same mountains in search of the country's most wanted man.
1: The
0: team was formed to chase
1: the Pelio Costas brothers. We had four people dealing with this case on a daily basis, around the clock.
3: Eftimio is retired now, so we met with him at a cafe in the old Trikala prison that's now been turned into a museum. He still maintains the gruffness of an old-school cop. He started police work back in the 80s and proudly claims that during all that time, he never picked up a pen to file a pre investigation report. He was always on the streets where the action was. In 1999, he was working the streets of Athens, but he decided to take his big city chops back to his hometown. And, well, it didn't really take him very long to, to find where the action was. <laughs>
1: It was right before Christmas, December 21st, 2003,
2: a Sunday. We had intel that a car had been stolen. FDMU and his partners are driving an unmarked car through the mountains when they hear the dispatch radio crackle. The car was seen on the mountain range of Trikala, so my team and I drove into the mountains to locate him and trap him. The police accelerate up these steep inclines. Suddenly, FDMU spots the stolen car racing ahead and figures he can catch up. But then, when he sees us in the mirror, he speeds up and drives higher. FTMU steps on the gas, and the engine grinds into high gear. He's white-knuckling it around a series of hairpin turns. He thinks he's gonna catch them. And then, he comes upon the car.
1: He'd
6: made a U-turn
1: and turned the car sideways
2: toward us. The stolen car is just parked there. And for a moment, FDMU is convinced. He has the fugitive trapped. But that thought only lingers for a second. We hear a barrage of shots. Bang, bang, bang! It's a gun, and not just any gun. He had a Scorpion, a machine gun. The bullets
6: were flying everywhere, above us, to
2: the right, to the left. FDMU slams on the brakes, he opens the driver's side door, ducks, he's rolling out onto the dirt. We got out of the car and took cover. He reaches for his service weapon, and then opens fire bullets fly. The police scramble for a ditch.
5: One of our bullets hit his car on the passenger side and went through the windshield. Then he reversed and left for the mountain.
2: FMU watches as the stolen car speeds away, disappearing behind a cloud of dust. The officer's heart is still racing. He looks around and notices something unusual. His car is fine. Like, none of the bullets got anywhere near him or his team. The crook, he realizes, was shooting toward them, not at them. And that confirmed FDM's suspicions. It has to be a Palio Costa's boy behind the wheel.
0: Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded... The Apollo Jim murders. I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert.
6: It's just a shame, you know, that they took him
1: from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer.
3: Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a
0: detective with uh, Maryland Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger.
2: Officer Eftimiu has chased Vasilis Paliokostas around Greece for years. There have been high-stakes chases and bullets flying, but he has a funny relationship to his target. While he made clear to us that he does not like Vasilis, in fact, Eftimiu considers him a terrorist, he has come to have a level of admiration for Vasilis' skill. Vasilis, he tells us, isn't like other criminals. He's dangerous, for sure. I mean, dude is armed to the teeth, but he never shoots to kill. And his ability to get away every single time is, frankly, impressive. But Christina, my colleague that we met earlier, she discovered that in Vasilis' hometown, the admiration goes a lot further.
3: As we were trying to get a, a read on how locals view the Palo Costas brothers... We met with Valya Nicolaou, a journalist who spent a lot of time in Trikala reporting on their adventures. She told us that the first time she visited she was struck by just how many people sympathized with Vasilis. The locals, they were very reluctant to talk to her, and the people who did talk, they said really good things about both Vasilis and Nikos Palakostas. Um, apparently, she encountered a man that was hitchhiking. They decided to pick him up, and they introduced themselves. They said that they were journalists, that they wanted to do a story on Palokostas and the man turned around and said... Vasilis is a good guy. We we were classmates at the 6th primary school. He said, I don't believe he's a common criminal. He's helping people. And he pointed out to Valia that Costa's brothers hadn't killed anybody.
2: Valia kept hearing stories like this. People told her that Costa stole cars and returned them in mint condition with wads of cash on the passenger seat. Others have reported that he put young women through school, helped poor farmers pay off loans. One time he stole a farmer's tractor and returned it with the wagon filled with fresh hay. Others said that when he robbed banks, he'd toss money out the window of his getaway car to the pedestrians. It struck Valia that nobody had any real criticisms of this guy. I mean, with stories like that, Of course, Vasilis and his brother were celebrities here, but Valia noticed that nobody seemed to have firsthand experience with all this generosity either. It was always from a cousin's neighbor or a friend of a friend, which felt suspicious. And also, she couldn't really nail down the details. The stories were always a little vague. And when she pushed for more, it seemed like there was something they didn't wanna say.
3: It's a strange thing. It was as if they were trying to protect the brothers. And Valia got this feeling that they didn't want to say too much. They only wanted to say the best things about them. She would push back. But what do you think? You know, they've lived a life of hard crime. And they would always answer, sure, but they've also been helping lots of the locals.
2: I don't know about you, but this made my ears perk up. Like... Why was everybody so tight-lipped? Is it possible they knew where Vasilis was hiding? After all, this is his home turf. Those rugged mountains outside the city? They're the perfect place to hide, if you know your way around. So, is somebody watching out for Vasilis Palio Costas? We asked Valia if she ever got to the bottom of it, but she said no. Every time she raised the question of his whereabouts she always got the same answer. Vasilis palio is untouchable.
3: They were talking to Vali about Robin Hood palio and they said, Vasilis is gone. The man knows the mountains. He knows how to hide. He knows how to disguise himself. He's brilliant. And no matter what happens, they will never find him.
2: Chapter 3 The Artist's Apprentice For the past 14 years, Vasilis Paliokostas has been MIA, avoiding the spotlight, and the Greek prison system. Some say he's in Athens. Others say he's hiding in the mountains of northern Greece. Still others suggest he's kicking back, sipping on margaritas on one of the many far-flung islands where Greeks go to disappear. It's all hearsay. Daphne and her team spent months pulling on threads, chasing internet leads, and hitting dead ends. But one name kept popping up.
4: O Costa Samaras. O Costa Samaras? We interviewed dozens of people, a handful more that spoke off the record, but many of them kept mentioning the name Samaras. Costa Samaras.
2: Also known as the artist. Does the word artist ring a bell? Well, you should. Costa Samaras is the artist, the criminal mastermind who was guarding the bank entrance at the top of this episode.
5: Samaras is a career criminal. He spent 21 years in prison. He's seen the inside of 12 or 13 different jails. And he's also a bona fide escape artist. He's escaped prison five different times.
2: George, another reporter on Daphne's team, dug deep into Samaras' background
5: to find out why this guy is so important. Turns out Samaras actually played quite a big part to Vasilis' origin story. Samaras is one of the main people that helped Vasilis go from poor mountain kid to to one of Greece's most wanted criminals. And the trajectory is actually kind of funny because originally Samaras was actually friends with the older brother Nikos, uh, but eventually he take Vasilis under his wing.
2: And this was when in the in the 1980s.
5: Yeah, that's right. Vasilis was about 20 years old. And what's really interesting is that You know, in addition to teaching him how to pick locks and steal cars, Samaras apparently taught Vasilis that the crime doesn't always need a victim. You know, that crimes can be done morally. And that there can be this real honour amongst thieves, in a sense. We wanted to learn more about this so-called moral code to crime. So we tracked down somebody who once interviewed Samaras, an investigative journalist from Reporters United named Todoris Jodroyanos. As Thodoris told us, Kostas Samaras was obsessed with fighting any system that hurts the weak. And he told us that what struck him is how Samaras and the Costas brothers were always thinking of things in moral terms. Like, he gave us this example of a bank robbery and the fact that they're robbing a bank, they're not you know, robbing the people. They're not stealing grandma and, and grandpa's pension. They're, they're stealing from the strong. And uh, a lot of people would see that as, as a positive thing. Okay,
2: think about it. What have big, faceless corporate banks ever done for you? Except try to nickel and dime you with overdraft fees that don't make sense. A good old fashioned bank robbery is kind of a perfect crime. The banks are insured the customer's personal accounts aren't touched, and meanwhile, the execs are probably committing white-collar crime literally as we speak. At least, that's what Vasilis and Samaras thought. And that's what made them such a good team. They punched up, never down. Besides, it wasn't just Samaras' philosophy that impressed Thodoris. He was also blown away by Samaras' determination to be free. Like, even when he got caught, he always found a way to break out.
5: Oh, so Samaras, a pedra fores. Doris loved the fact that Samaras never gave up. You'd expect that he commits a crime, gets caught, goes to jail, and it's over. But no. He never let the system or an arrest anyway get the better of him.
2: He just had this crazy never say die attitude, which obviously rubbed off on Vasilis. One time, Samaras had just done a robbery, and as he's racing away, he gets cornered on a rooftop with nowhere to jump. Caught, he ends up cuffed and taken downtown. But just a few days later, Samaras puts his natural charms to work. He befriends this prison guard and starts shooting the breeze with him. They even share a meal together, grubbing on chicken when Samaras looks down at his hands where grease has collected on his fingers.
5: Samaras sees the opportunity. He asks the guard if he can go wash his hands and he lets them go very calmly. Samaras goes into the bathroom and he heads out of the bathroom window. And he goes out, hops onto the roof terrace, looks around and heads to the stairs. And at some point there's this lady and she's shouting, hey, one of them's trying to get away, police! But he just jumps off the stairs and makes a run for it. Samaras hadn't even been in prison for more than a week, and and he's already got his sights set on freedom. You know, he wants to get out. He's got this fire to be free.
2: And that's not even like one of the better Samaras stories. One time, he broke out by digging through walls and hiding in the pits below vault toilets. Another time, police were transferring him by truck and he chiseled a hole in the bottom of his holding cell while the truck was speeding down a highway, like Looney Tunes style. He just sawed his way onto the road and made a break for it. And after that escape, who do you think he called to come get him? That's right, his young pupil, Vasilis Paleocostas. For years, Samaras mentored Vasilis. He taught him everything he knew, how to commit an ethical crime, one where no one got hurt, how to plan a heist and get away when there was no exit in sight. And he taught him how to do it with flair. But long after these lessons were over and long after the pair had parted ways, Vasilis Palio would one up his mentor, hatching the jailbreak that would make him a legend.
0: Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded...
0: We're actually reopening an old case and your name came up.
1: Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were gonna kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years I didn't say anything. Listen to cold-blooded the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Chapter 4. A Great Escape (laughs) Vasilis Palio Costas is the legend he is today because his mentor, Costas Samaras, taught him the ropes. Together, they perfected the art of the bank robbery. But here's the strange thing. When Samaras talked to journalist Todoriz Jodrojanos, he was downright humble about his role.
5: He was actually surprisingly modest. He didn't take any credit for teaching Greece's most wanted man. He just indicated that there was this unbreakable bond between him and Vasilis. For Samaras, when you're living an illegal life, it doesn't really matter who teaches who. You know, what's more important is, is that the camaraderie lasts.
2: I mean, there's a phrase thick as thieves for a reason. After all those years of stick-ups and escapes, of course he's not just going to go and snitch on his boy. But Thodoris wondered if it was something deeper than that. Like, maybe there's something else Samaras doesn't want to talk about. Like, how Vasilis escaped prison with more panache than anyone before him. How he secured his place as Greece's greatest living folk hero. Because forget the bank robberies and the stories of his generosity— This is the part that no writer could make up. Vasilis Paliocostas has pulled off not one, but two of the most absolutely insane prison breaks of all time. And once you hear this story, it's easy to see why Samaras might be just a little jealous of his pupil. Cut to Athens, February 2009. Corrida Los the biggest maximum security prison in Greece. Koridalos, is Greece's Alcatraz. It's where the country's most dangerous criminals are detained and among them is Vasilis Paliokostas. He's been locked up for just a few weeks on trial for a pass that finally caught up to him. The verdict is coming soon and he knows he's probably facing a life sentence. Vasilis is under heightened surveillance, kept in solitary with armed guards and cameras monitoring his every move. Around three in the afternoon, the beat of helicopter blades creates this cacophony inside the jail cells. A helicopter is hovering just above the roof of the prison, right on top of the roof, covering the solitary confinement wing. A rope ladder drops from the chopper. People in nearby apartments lean out their windows to see. Some grab their cameras and start filming. Suddenly, guards appear on the roof. They start chasing after a shadowy figure, scrambling up the rope ladder into the helicopter. And then the chopper begins to rise. The guards open fire, but they're too late. The helicopter rises above the hail of bullets and keeps climbing. It reaches altitude, rotates northeast, speeds off towards downtown Athens, and then the prison yard erupts with cheers. Every inmate knows who just escaped, and soon the
6: world will too. Μια θέση στην ιστοσελίδα της Europol έχει ο βασίλης Παλαιοκόστας.
2: Στις 3.30 μετά το μεσημέρι ο βασίλης και ο άλκετρης Άια από τι τους φυλακές ελικόπτερα. Escaping the Greek Alcatraz by helicopter is impressive. But the most incredible thing is, this wasn't the first time. Just two and a half years earlier, Vasilis Paleocostas had broken out of the exact same prison the exact same way. Whatever heightened security measures were in place, they weren't enough, because he managed to catch people off guard. It's like a magician who performs a trick, explains how he did it to the audience, then somehow does it again, astonishing everyone. On February 22nd, 2009, Vasilis Paliokostas disappeared into the sky. Since that afternoon 14 years ago, nobody's seen him. The Greek police, Interpol, even the world's top intelligence agencies. None of them know where he's hiding. But that hasn't stopped them from looking. Because Vasilis Pagliocostas is much more than a clever fugitive on the run. He humiliated the people who were supposed to keep him behind bars. He is widely considered a genuine threat to the rich and powerful. The authorities aren't going to let that slide. And yet... So many people are rooting for him to stay free. Maybe even me. There's just something about a heroic outlaw. Getting one over the system. A living, breathing exception to the rule that the rich get richer. Maybe it doesn't have to be this way. Maybe we just need the fairy tale to come to life every once in a while. Either way, I want to go deeper. I want to get lost in the Greek mountains trying to find this guy. I want to understand his motives, his instincts. But the first step has got to be with the man who inspired the Greek Robin Hood. We need to find his mentor, the man they call the artist, Kostas Samaras. this season on The Good
1: Thief. Would this have been a place that Palio Costas would come and hang out? In these
3: villages, if you say anything bad about Palio Costas, they will kill you.
1: We went over to the embassy and there's this big, humongous six-foot rocket smoldering.
6: One of the reactions is to look for a Robin Hood. You put your hope in this Robin Hood.
3: He's brilliant. And no matter what happens, they will never find him.
2: The Good Thief is a Kaleidoscope production in partnership with iHeart Podcasts. It's hosted by me, Miles Gray. Our executive producers are Mangesh Hetikadur, Kostas Linos, Oz Wolishin, and Kate Osborne. From iHeart, executive producers are Katrina Norvell and Nikki Itor. We are so grateful to our partners at the Greek Podcast Project in Athens, without whom this show would not be possible. That's executive producer Daphne Carnizis, field producers Christina Pilioni and George Miadis and sound designer Nikos Sklavenitis, who edited and mixed this episode and provided the English voice of Cosa Samaras. Here in the US, Mary Phillips Sandy is our supervising producer and Shane McKeon is our producer. The show is written and researched by Lucas Riley. Danya Suleiman is our fact checker. Sound design and final mix by Soundboard. This episode featured the voice of George Ivaliotis. There's gonna be a lot of great music in this series and that's thanks to Imam Baldi, who wrote our theme song, and Botany, who composed additional music. If you want to hear more from them, we've put links in the show notes, or you can find them on your favorite music streaming service. Last but not least, we want to thank Will Pearson, Connell Byrne, Bob Pittman, and John Marinopoulos. Thanks so much for listening.